Welcome back to Southern Hostility. I'm Steven. And I'm Nicholas. Today is February 12th, 2024. This is our Super Bowl reaction episode. On today's episode, we'll talk about Super Bowl 58. We'll also talk a little Arizona Coyotes and their possible relocation. And if we got time, we will even touch on um, some uh, bean pot action uh, that's occurring in Boston. Talk about the bean pot, and that's kind of the episode. So those are the three big things. We talk a lot about um, the Super Bowl. So here we go. Let's start it off. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! What about that Super Bowl, Nick? I was disappointed. Uh, I don't think that Kyle Shanahan can shake that Super Bowl off of his back. Super Bowl 51. I feel like everyone that was a part of that Super Bowl is cursed and can never just have a normal playoff run, go and win a Super Bowl. And he keeps on making the same mistakes, too. He just did not run the ball. I think there was a few sequences where he just passed four times in a row and or three times in a row and had a punt. It was classic Kyle Shanahan, classic Kansas. You know, he's blown a lead in every Super Bowl, yep. more than a 10-point lead again, which, you know, it, it's funny. It's it's really funny. It, it's to the point where, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I am enjoying this. Uh, I really am. Um, I didn't so much enjoy the Falcons when I kind of, I felt that was kind of, that was, that sucked to see the Patriots yeah. go on and win. But the two 49ers collapses has been great. It it really has. I'm kind of enjoying it. Um you know, I, I want to know where the um, the talking heads are, how they're not, you know, saying, can San Francisco win the big one? I mean, everyone wants to talk about Dallas can't win the big one, and I want to see where all the hate is for San Francisco. Where is that? Um, this is, you know, back-to-back trips now. You've fallen short a few years. I mean, they seem to give them every excuse. Oh, this person was injured, or this happened, this happened. At the end of the day, you got to find them accountable. I mean, they had a chance to win the game. They couldn't get it done. And uh, Kansas City's walking away with their third Super Bowl. Uh, in like five years. So congratulations to Kansas City. It was it was fun ride with them. And San Francisco's on the you know the back end here and you're looking up where you were oh so close but you couldn't get it done. Yeah and you know San Francisco's defense put them in a position to win really. Uh early on they got to Mahomes they even got to Mahomes later in the game in some key moments but it really came down to the 49ers offense play calling. And when you're not going to run the ball, when you need to take the lead and Christian McCaffrey's your running back, like he's the best running back in the league and you're not going to run the ball late game. You're going to have Brock Purdy throw it. And then he made some poor throws, I think, uh, later on. So I think that it's a good thing that we're not going to deal with a whole offseason of Brock Purdy being an elite QB because – Honestly, his performance was mid at best. I think he did fine. Um, I disagree a bit. I think he did fine. Um, I don't think the loss was really on him. I think, I, I think there was a, in a position to win at the end of the game. And um, let's let let's break through this game. Let's. There's so much to unpack here. There's literally you got the pop culture aspect. You got the sports aspect. You got the wrong calls. There's so much I want to I want to talk about and just pick your brain about. Let's. Let's start at the very beginning. You had the um, 
You had the uh, America the Beautiful by Post Malone. I love the Post Malone appearance. Um, I love it. They showed him out throughout the game. We'll get into the post game stuff later. But what happens when when I we reposted that on um, on our X account? But Post Malone does um, America the Beautiful. He starts it off. Love to see Posty. Uh, and then Reba McIntyre does the uh, national anthem. She went over. Just so everyone knows, she went over. It. I thought it was kind of funny when they do the national anthem and it's like broad daylight on the West Coast. It's like super nice, like oh, sun's yeah. out, middle of the day. And then on meanwhile, on the East Coast, it's it's dark, it's gloomy, it's like nighttime. So that's kind of cool to see. They Especially had the- like fireworks going off too, like while the sun was out fully. It it's was so really it was so fun. Vegas. It was it was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just looks weird though. Every time you do a West Coast Super Bowl, it's just it's strange because it's so like if you look back to the old Super Bowls, like way back in the day when they were at the Rose Bowl and stuff. Like the sun was setting behind those mountains too in the Super Bowl, which is really cool. I, I mean, just it's cool. The West Coast Super Bowls are fun just to see sun and all that. It just seems different, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like the uh, the the Bengals Rams Super Bowl a few years back that also had the kind of the same thing. Uh, but LA is a uh, like a bigger area, I think, so the sun wasn't as impactful. I thought that the Las Vegas sun, I think Allegiant Stadium has that like open area where you can really enjoy the that outside sun, uh, but still have like a good time in the evening as well. Enjoy the lights of the city. It, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it was cool having the casinos in the backdrop. That was cool. Um, yeah. You know, I think Vegas is one of those that I feel of with sports. I think it's a great city to host events. Put the Final Four there. Put the Super Bowl there. Um, you know, put the college play. I think it's cool to host stuff. I just, I don't know how as time goes on, I feel of them having sports team. Like, it's, I mean, I guess they'll do okay there eventually, but I feel like so many people in Vegas aren't from Vegas, so they bring yeah. with them their teams. Like, right. if we were to move there, like, I'd, I'd be a Dallas fan there. You'd be an Atlanta fan there. Like, and those are going to come first. But it's a great place to hold a championship and bring other fans in because it's a tourist destination. Well, also, like you're gonna have to wait some time to build that kind of homegrown fan base, right? Because Las Vegas has not had any type of teams at all uh, until the Golden Knights showed up, and then yeah. and so like they their um, fan base just started getting big there and. I know, I know Oakland Raiders, like, they used to be a team, so, like, they'll move there. But, like, it's not like people from Oakland are moving to Vegas because no, of the Raiders. No, I think a lot of times, too, you know, I think the teams from the Midwest and the East Coast tend to have stronger fan bases because they just had teams longer. Right. Like, you think the Cowboys have been in Dallas since 1960. Um, you know, like, a lot of these teams, the Kansas City Chiefs have been in Kansas City since... The, you know, the mid 60s, they were in Dallas before you look at all these other teams. They've just been there forever. And then you get a team like the Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders, who have been there a couple of years. Um, the the Vegas Golden Knights have tried really hard. They've been there um, quite a while now, but still newer. You know, all the it's just they don't have like you said, they don't have the fan base. yet. It's going to take years to grow that. And I think you get the more hardcore fans more in between. Central time zone and Eastern time zone, I think, is kind of yeah. what runs sports. Um, 
you're gonna think of like cities where like people move around a lot. Like you get Boston fans everywhere, you get Philly fans everywhere, New York fans everywhere. Um, and so with Atlanta and Dallas, you know. So but it's fun. It was it was really fun. All the casinos, it looked great. It like and, like looked at all the like retired players. Like I saw like Julian Edelman's story, how he was at the win and he went and gambled. That was kind of cool. Um it was just fun. It was just overall a fun atmosphere. It looked like a fun time. And they, uh, had, I wish... um, they had like some DJ that I recognize called Cascade. Uh, I did playing, see that. Playing like between, I guess, like timeouts, like TV timeouts. I was wondering if they had like other DJs because I'm, I'm like a pre- pretty big electronic dance music fan. Uh, and so I'd be familiar with them. And I know they do um, like have DJs come on during like the football games and stuff. Uh, for that exact reason, because it's such a big um, scene there in Vegas. So I think that's kind of cool that they're impl- they implement that as well as part of the city. I mean, what I thought is interesting and I was, um, is like all, like you said, the entertainment in between whistles and commercial breaks. And I said to said to my wife, I'm sitting on the couch with her and I go, you know, it must be nice having that much money that you can afford to go to this game. Because, I mean, most of the average person can't afford. They'd have to mortgage their car or house oh, yeah, to be able to absolutely. go to this game. And you have so much money that they need entertainment in between, like, a TV timeout, right? They need to get a uh, a DJ, like, a world-class DJ to play to keep these rich people preoccupied. And yep. it's just the money that goes at these Super Bowls, the, the amount of wealth that are there, and, like, how much the tickets are. I think I went on um, the ticket sites just to see the prices, and, like, the cheapest one I saw was, like, five grand, like, five and a half. Oh, grand. yeah. And, like, those VIP boxes... They're like fully catered. Some of them share like an open bar too. Like you're dropping forty k on the on these like high tier seats. Almost those VIP boxes are mostly close to a hundred thousand. Like way over, I would think. If you're getting oh, like catered and everything, that's oh, insane. I mean, yeah, you know, and um, seriously, it's just the amount of money at these games. You know, and with money can come some bad stuff with it too. You always hear these stories of what happens at these games when these cities host. You hear how it's the Super Bowl is a high rise for like human trafficking and stuff. You hear all these, you know, stats. And you just get when you get that much of a concentration of wealthy people, that much excess, what these, you know, things places are doing, places of business, it just is intense. And that I think that's why a lot of a lot of cities probably want to host these events because the money that flows through. I mean, just think about when Atlanta hosted it. I mean, just it's it's crazy. Yeah. And that's really why how like owners are starting to view the Super Bowl is they're like, I need to make a stadium that's going to like wow people when we host the Super Bowl. Because like when Minnesota made their stadium, they got a Super Bowl bid. Atlanta made, had their new stadium. They got a Super Bowl bid. Like that's that's what teams are trying to do now. You know, it sucks, I, I though. I have a Super Bowl in Foxborough, that's for sure. You know, it sucks, though, with that is you're losing some fan atmosphere games. Yeah. Because there's some places that should be outdoor stadiums. Like, all these people want to host Super Bowls, right? Because they know how much money comes to their city. So they all want that. And you're losing some fan. Like, the great thing about Gillette is, like, like I'm it, the stadium's not that great. Where the Patriots play Gillette, it's not that great. It's a very, you know, generic scene, but what's kind of cool is like the elements to it. Like you're going to come in, it's cold, it's it's rainy, it's snowy, it's sleeting, 
you know, the fans are out there, they're yelling, they're screaming, and it's an atmosphere to come in and play. And that's kind of yeah. cool to watch with the different elements. But when you get a generic dome, it's all the same. It's all climate controlled. There's no uh, drama to it. Right, exactly. And I think that's one of the fun aspects of football, too. Or any sport, really. Um, besides basketball and hockey, I guess. Uh, where the weather plays an element to it. Like, I remember, you remember, um, no, I'm thinking about this, this is way back, Jabba Chamberlain, when he was pitching for the Yankees in a uh, playoff game against the uh, Cleveland uh, team. He the Guardians? Had, like, mos- yeah, the Guardians. Uh, he had, like, mosquitoes attack him. And they wouldn't stop like play even though there was like so many mosquitoes on the field and in between pitches they had to like uh spray him with super heavy duty uh mosquito repellent i don't know if you you remember that at all but that was just such a crazy sight to me and it's just like just some of the ways the elements can add this extra dimension to to games i i don't remember that but that's i mean i'm not surprised i mean like they talk about the old candlestick park in San Francisco, you know, just going into that, you just knew, you know, you know, the wind chill and the, the it was just going to be a, a nightmare. And like, you know, when you go into Lambeau field and the playoffs and the, in the, you know, in the NFL in the winter time, it's going to be cold. It's just, it adds a different element. Um, but sometimes you get really bad games like the Kansas city Dalton, Kansas city versus Miami game this year. It was so cold that it was like, well, you know, it's not going to be the most fun game, you know? Right. So it has its positives, it has its negatives. Um, but I hope we just don't lose that, you know, how every place has a little bit of um, you know, an identity, you know. Every place is different and you get you get that, which is also fun. Um, now back to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so some of these you forget too how, you know, players are, you know, humans as well, and like this is an emotional moment. I mean, we saw Chris Jones crying during the national anthem. I mean, it's going to be a moment. I mean, I know this is his third Super uh actually fourth Super Bowl, but this is the third Super Bowl he won. But, I mean, you know, I mean, even though you keep going back there, you never know if you're going to make it back. And, like, the emotion to play in the Super Bowl, that was, you know, he just – you could tell it was – he left it all on the field for sure. And so, he, you know, yeah. that was a moment. And I think last year you had the – um you had uh, the Eagles head coach crying as well, which um he was really crying. Um but mm-hmm. you know it it hits players differently, and I think yeah. it's a big moment. And you just got to think how big of a moment this is for a player. And if they mess up, this is gonna be, they're gonna hold this with them the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think that uh, I know you said earlier that uh, it wasn't Brock Purdy's fault, and I wasn't ever trying to imply that it was. But you can definitely see how he could blame himself. I think even post game, he said, "I could have done better." Um, I think all the players on San Francisco are, are feeling pretty down right now. Um, and it, it's just kind of how it ends up going sometimes with these type of games where they're kind of close and both teams are kind of sticking around. It could have, it, it was just one play. The 49ers could have won it, really. Uh, when it came down to it, you know, we can break down every play, but it was that third and five last pass play that Chris Jones, I think, got in the way of. And, the pass just kind of went awry, uh, and they they had to punt it there, and it really just gave Kansas City their last chance that they needed in in regular time to push it to overtime. 
Yeah, it, it did. And, you know, and it, and once you get to overtime, it, you know, when Mahomes gets that ball, um, it's a whole different ball game. Um, I don't, I still don't understand what, what the rule difference was for me. So right. what it is, is with, with the Patriots one, if you got the ball first and got a touchdown, it's over. And that's what happened with the right. Patriots, with the Falcons. Right. Now it is, even if you get a touchdown, the other team gets another chance. And then, okay. then so you, if you score a touchdown, then it's sudden death after the two touchdowns. Okay. That's how it was. Um, but what is this quarter thing? Is it like, so it, there's two quarters. It's a whole new game. It's just two quarters. It's just two quarters. Okay. Um, I think it's two quarters. I believe it's a whole new game. So essentially, realistically speaking, the the clock does the the game clock doesn't even matter. It's just the play clock. I don't even know why they have a clock to be on. I don't know if they just do it for TV purposes or what, but it's stupid. I mean, they should just do the play clock because I mean they're not going to have a tie in the Super Bowl anyway. Well, they um, might as well just do like a a thirty minute half and just time at thirty minutes of play time. Right, because that's basically what they're doing. Like, yep. I think I think there's only a difference well, of two minutes between like, the first like, and the second quarter. What's interesting is like, so say, so say San Francisco got a touchdown, and then um, Kansas City gets a touchdown. Right, it's tied now. It's sudden death. The time doesn't matter because whoever scores, it's not like the person's going to score and you get another chance and you run out of time. Right? Yeah. It's not how it's like the next person who scores it's over. There's really no point. I mean, I kind of like the college method where you just start on the 35 yard line or is it 25, whatever you start on in the red zone or whatever. And you get a couple shots. You get it. If you don't, you get the field goal and then the next team gets a shot. Um, I mean, just do that. I mean, why even have a game clock? I I don't, it didn't make sense to me. It kind of was dumb. I think it was maybe for commercial purposes. Um, You know, I was, cause it was confusing because the time is running out and like the commentators saying, don't worry though. There's another quarter, you know, this is like a whole new game. And I was like, okay. They ended, they ended up scoring. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. Quarter anyways. But no, let's go back to the first quarter of this game. Kind of a snooze fest. Um, Kansas City marches down. They have the fumble. And then Kansas City can't do anything with it. Um, and Kansas City's offensive line was getting their doors blown in. Um, we kept putting on the X page, if you guys follow it, like I said, like and follow us on um, X at SO Hostility. Um, literally, just that offensive line was getting killed. Absolutely just dominated. Um, Bosa and uh, and Young, Chase Young, were all over. We're all over them. I mean, yeah. Mahomes was, they were in Mahomes' face. They couldn't get much going on the running game. But Checo didn't look that great. Just the line just wasn't there. And like Mahomes wasn't getting that pressure for most of the playoffs. And then on this game, it's a completely different story. And um, I mean, San Francisco was dominating. They just couldn't find the back of the end zone and they just couldn't capitalize when they needed to. Um, had San Francisco scored there or capitalized, this is a whole different ball game. And just that, I mean, defensively, San Francisco was dominating and just manhandling yeah. that Kansas City offensive line. And they even forced a fumble. They ended up getting an interception later in the game. And then the 49ers, 49ers offense just couldn't get it going. Like they had the fumble on the first drive. Then they had a bunch of penalties on the next drive. And then they turned, they uh, ended up punting it away after that a few times. They just like could not find the rhythm. Every time they would make a play too, they, they would drive a little bit down the field and like, all right, this is it. Like now they're gonna go and score a touchdown. They just could not convert on that that 
that third down that they needed to or finally get into the end zone. Yeah, it just it it, it was like yeah, it was the it was the story of the whole game for San Francisco. Just missed opportunities. Just yeah. so many missed opportunities. Um and like so like I said, that first quarter completely forgettable. The second one you get some more scoring, you get a you get San Francisco touchdown, they get a field goal, you get a Kansas City field goal. That field goal really <laughs> gave Kansas City hope. Um that field goal really meant a lot. Um and for the most part, though, like I just consider that first half a real snooze fest, and people were starting to compare it to the Patriots Rams the second time. Yeah, um, and I I told you before the start of the podcast that this game ended up being better than that game, and thank God for that. You know who I felt really bad for that first half was Dre Greenlaw. That sucks. Yeah, uh, it's so terrible. I mean, just uh, running onto the field and you're just Achilles erupts. I don't know if that was actually confirmed what the injury was or not but it looked like to me that he's just like calf gave out uh, when he's just trying to jog on the field I, I gotta say you know who really lost the day though is how how is the nfl that, that's what they bring out they bring out this little cart it's so small and then they have green it in the shotgun seat they, they don't even put oh, him yeah. on the back yeah, and he's like cr- he's crammed in this little cart and they're taking him off. He's just they put him right in the shock, and he's so crammed. I'm like he's a big guy. He's not even on the back. They have the trainer on the back, not even helping him. And they got the driver going off. I'm like, what is this? This is and just embarrassing. This tight turn, like, yeah. The back hallways. It's like that Austin Powers scene where he's like doing like a 27 point turn to try to turn around in this small hallway, and he's like crying too. I know. He's like, I'm so upset that I just dragged jagged on the field and like. Achilles exploded all over the place. He's no longer going to be able to play in the Super Bowl. Like, what a weird scene. Just so uh. weird. And you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation in the NFL, and that's the card they take him off. And do yeah. something else. I mean, poor oh, guy. I mean, just goes out on his shield, man. That That's rough. Um, when they kept showing it, I'm like, that is just something that he's going to think about the rest of his life. And I'm like, that's brutal. That's... And that actually yeah. definitely could have like that could have changed the game in the second half, right? When when you're talking a close game here, it's like plays like that and losing players like that is just a tough scene. Um, but I mean, I gotta say for the most part, very forgettable first half. A lot of fumbles. Yeah. It was like fumble city. Um, actually, they Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes broke a record. By the way, um, he has now recovered. Um, let's see the well, I'll get the actual stat line. Um, Mahomes has recovered the most fumbles in Super Bowl history after um this Super Bowl. So really, should call this Super Bowl the Fumble Bowl. But um, yeah. it is. Let's see, Patrick Mahomes uh has broken many of records. Yeah, here's one he broke on Saturday night: all-time Super Bowl fumble recoveries. So, congratulations, Mahomes! You have another record. Um, but yeah, it just was fumble, fumble, missed opportunity. Um, the San Francisco defense just dominating the, um, Kansas city offensive line. Um, and just really just old school football, low scoring, um, tough football. Everyone was flying around other people were just knocking people's heads off. Um, if you're a fan of like the old school football, I think you really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, everyone was getting their hits in. Um, 
I, I think I said to you during the game that uh, the Kansas City line was getting away with holding, but there was definitely a lot more questionable hits that were going on. Uh, especially kind of like after the whistle too. Uh, I know that I saw a few of them was that where they were starting to get a little chippy there. I, th- I think that's what you like to see too in a Super Bowl where they're kind of really going at each other in a way that's uh, that it that's just kind of it, it gets that combative attitude, let's say. The, the physicality just was, yeah. I mean, they were. Um, I think the refs overall did a good job. I think the last call in um, that call in overtime there, I think that was a bit. I mean, I was like, it's like, wow, this Super Bowl could be decided on a play like that, but it wasn't. Um, I think overall, though, the calls were pretty. I think it was across the board. I don't think there's any horrendous call. I don't think it cost anyone a game. And um, you know, I think it really worked out for the best. And for once, we got a really good officiated like officiating crew. Yeah, and I I remember there was like a huge controversy of how the Eagles lost their Super Bowl on that holding call, basically. So I'm glad that they're not being chippy with with the calls in the Super Bowl. It, it should just be the the calls. The only fouls that should be called are ones that are, are egregious and basically control the outcome of, of the play. You know, I thought was one of the best highlights of the first half, though was the, so far, one of the biggest highlight reels of the first half was the uh, messy Michelob Ultra commercial. Oh, it, that course. assist that assist was just filthy. Just absolutely filthy. You got a little Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, um, out there in the commercial as well. That's probably my favorite commercial. Um, I actually tweeted, I actually tweeted it out, and then on our um, X account, Michelob Ultra actually commented back. Um, that was really cool. Um so shout out to Michelob Ultra. They do not sponsor us in any way, but that was really cool. Um, if Michelob Ultra, if you're listening to this and you, you want to sponsor us, that'd be great. We'll totally take the sponsorship. <laughs> um, but I loved, I love that that commercial was great. Um, I love how Messi makes his appearance. Um, I got a feeling we're gonna talk about him a lot this summer. Um, as oh, for sure. he, yeah, I think he's gonna be a big a big part of our summer discussions. Um, but that was just fun. You know, that was that was great. Um, and it's great to have him get some airtime. What what were some of your favorite commercials? I like the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. That, um, that was that was awesome with Tom Brady funny. and J Lo. Yep. And um what else? I, I always like seeing the E Trade babies show up just out of nostalgia. Uh they were playing pickleball, that was kind of funny. You know what one I got a big laugh at? I got to laugh at the um, bird team one where they talk. Oh, yes, yes. I remember they mentioned the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Ravens. They show them. And then on the TV is the Cardinals are playing somebody. No reference to the Atlanta Falcons. Unbelievable. I, feel, would... I feel disrespected, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, they really focused on the Eagles mainly. I mean, the Ravens barely got some airtime and the Seahawks didn't get much either. But. That was kind of funny. I got a kick out of it. I'm like, where are the Falcons? Um, they didn't even mention them of like, it's you know bird season or whatever, bird watching season. They mentioned every bird except the Falcons. They did mention Ravens, Eagles, and Seahawks. No mention of the Falcons. So I guess, I don't know if they didn't get the licensing deal for them, if the Falcons didn't want to play ball or what the deal was. But I was like, wow, that's kind of rude. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was kind of disappointed about that. I tweeted about that. <laughs> I know you did. Um, that was gold, though. Um, Outraged. What are some other good ones? Um, the, oh, all the Allstate commercials with um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito. Oh, those were good. Yep, I liked those. Um, it's a yeah, neighbor. It, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, they were good. Honestly, I thought um, seriously some good commercials. I think for we had a good commercial year. I think uh, yeah, I the kick... Christopher Walken one with BMW was good too. Oh yeah, that was a good he one. Was, he was walking around talking normal, and people were talking like Christopher Walken at him. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. There's just some good ones all around. Um, and then you got the big moment at halftime. Um, wow, I thought. So I, you and I, I think split on the halftime show. Um, yeah. So let's give your opinion first, because you tweeted it out. Um, you got a pretty good reaction to it. I'm one of our biggest hits, most impressions. Um, well, the Twitter thing to me yet. was, it, I mean, I like Usher. Okay, I like all the artists that came out. Like good song choices, all pluses. The sound just like got so screwy at the beginning that it just kind of took me out of it. His mic was like, I don't know if anyone picked it up, but his mic was sounded like it was muted when he started singing. And then it like just cut on. And then from there, it was like a little not balanced, right? So it sounded like they were just messing with, I don't know. I just, did you pick up on that? Like it was yeah. muted at the beginning? Yeah, I noticed it as okay. well. Um, it was like it was a little bit muted. I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Kind of sounds weird. Um, I kind of wish he played like his first couple songs. Which you knew him, but I wish he went with most of his bigger hits. Right? This is the Super Bowl's just play your biggest hits. Um, I love how he ended with "Ludacris," "Little John." I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I absolutely thought that was awesome. Um, but I mean, it took a while getting there. I mean, I thought overall it was a very good. Um, halftime show. I kind of liked. I was one of the few that liked the um the rollerblades. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I kept saying, "Oh my god, if he trips, that'd be that'd go down. That'd be legendary." Um, but I thought overall, I thought it was really. I thought it was. I thought it was well done. I think he did a good job. I like how he was on the field. He came on, and he had Alicia Keys come out. Um, I love how he had Ludacris and um Little John. I thought that was great. Um, but I agree with you, though. The sound quality just wasn't there. There's something wrong with the sound. I think throughout the I think in the beginning and then towards the end as well. And I don't know if it was that last song was kind of inappropriate. I don't know if they kind of like dulled like they killed the lyrics on some of it uh, to make it more family friendly because that's not the most family friendly song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just whatever with it. Um, I know a lot of like the older generation wasn't the biggest fan. Um you know, I, I don't think they were the they don't really like R and B that much. And I, I don't think they were big fans of it. Um I remember talking with my dad, my dad was not really into it. Um, I don't think my mom even watched it. So, you know, it you know, it's I think too, like it's kind of like what we listen to in like middle school days, probably, you know, maybe late elementary school for us. So like we kind of listened to it growing up. So I think maybe it was like nostalgic, you know. Yeah, that was it. Was definitely not his recent stuff, uh, as far as that goes. And I did, I, I, I liked it in general. The, the lat, the last costumes that came out with like the purple and black looked like 
um, the other team at Dodgeball. Oh, really? Glowo Gym. If you look, there's been so many memes on it. It's so <laughs> funny. Like when you're you're looking at the purple like body armor for Glowo Gym, look at what they were wearing. Like it was almost spot on. You want to know something wild? I have never seen Dodgeball all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Unbelievable. I've never seen it all the way through. I've never started from the beginning and seen it to the, and gone, gone to the end. I also, another one that's a big movie like that is Anchorman. I haven't seen it from the beginning and watched it to the end. Both of those. I've seen bits and pieces and clips all over the place. I know the main premise. I just haven't seen them all the way through. You got to you gotta sit down. This is your weekend. Sit you know. down, watch those two movies, come back. Yeah, I know, right? I need I need a day just to sit in and watch those and come back and come back to this podcast and with my dignity. I can't believe I haven't watched those. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean, like I said, another halftime show in the books. Um I, what is interesting is Usher got married at the Super Bowl. I don't know when, but I saw broke that um him and his longtime girlfriend Jennifer I don't know how to uh Gochikia, Gochekia. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, I guess they got married. Um, oh. I guess either. I don't know if it was before or after. I'm really confused on how that went down. But it says, according to People Magazine, um, Usher and his wife, they got married. They, Him and his girlfriend, long-time girlfriend, got married at the Super Bowl. I guess his uh, Usher's mother was the witness. So I think it was like a, an elopement. Oh. Um, so great for them. Um, that's great. So It's kind of funny because a lot of people were talking about how him and Alicia Keys had some chemistry or something while they were uh, singing together. <laughs> so imagine on his wedding night, he just goes and he just, yeah, has an affair. Yeah, that'd be... <laughs> well, I'm, mean, not saying, I'm not saying that, but... He... They did have chemistry, though. I, I, I agree with you, though. Well, I that, saw it, too. No, it's like that happened, and then he turned around and got married. Because <laughs> I don't think he was married before it. I would say he'd probably be either. Doesn't he have a whole like song about having an affair or is that just. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Who knows what's going on there, but congratulations. You got married. Um, Just more headlines. Um, Now, what also happened too, which they mentioned and I completely forgot about it. And then once we were preparing this podcast, I remembered it is there was the streakers that ran onto the field. Oh yes. I don't know. Oh, I didn't send send you the TikToks, but I actually saw like a bunch of POVs of different people in the stands that saw the streakers and they actually like, had pants on, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so they weren't totally naked. Um uh, honestly, I I kinda hate them for doing that because if you're gonna streak, just go full naked. Like get the felony. Um, <laughs> you know, just go go all the way. Don't don't half ass it, don't half shirt it. I mean, if if anything, take your pants off, leave your shirt on. It's the fucking Super Bowl. People come out here, they pay thousands of dollars for what? Like, only de-shirted streakers? Unbelievable, really. It's, this is the reason why America is, <laughs> is going down the drain, is because streakers can't actually streak anymore. Um, Seriously, though, I mean, it's... You know, I mean, we went a long time without having them, you know, and then like the, I feel like yeah. was there one last year, two years ago, um, or was that at the World Series? I don't know. There was one that was not too long ago, but we went like mm-hmm. a long time without them. And now they kind of, well, you got the TikTok people, you know, and yeah. you know, the influencers who are probably doing this as a gimmick and they probably realize, right, that it's like, 
well, this is what they probably don't have like a criminal record. So like, realize this is like what my punishment will be. And I'll get this many new followers and I'll make this much money that for some of these influencers, they might actually like make more money by doing this, which is just kind of sad. But that's where we're at as a culture that it's like, okay, we're going to reward this behavior. Um, so honestly, if I, I was thinking about it when it happened, when, when they started talking about streakers, that I would like juke the shit out of security. I'm not going to lie. If I was streaking, boy, I'd be running around. I'd be running <laughs> circles around these people. They wouldn't be able to catch me. I'd want to I'd want to go as long as possible. Like I would I would get the crowd into it. I'd be out, out there for so long. They'd be like, what the hell's going on? Who is this, who's this redhead guy just running around? You know, this is a family show, you know, right? I mean, um, not not the podcast, but the, the Super Bowl is a family show. I mean, you really want to be out there, you know. With every family watching, which well, I have some dig self dignity. Uh, if you're gonna be sure, like my thing is like if you're gonna get caught immediately, be naked, right? But if you're gonna <laughs> run around for a while, yeah, you should probably have some clothes on because people are gonna start showing you on television, right? If you're gonna run right to security and be weird, be naked, just go the full weirdness. But like if you want some skill, put some Adidas on and <laughs> run around these security guards, all right? You know, I, I feel like football, too, is going to be one of the hardest to run onto the field because you have to go through a whole sideline of security. Like, I feel like yeah. the, like I feel like baseball could be kind of easy depending on where you're sitting or actually the easiest is probably the NBA. You could literally be courtside and just run. Oh, yeah, just jump, jump. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think NBA is probably the easiest. But, the, I mean, yeah, I feel like baseball might be easier, like, depending. So you might be close up. You could probably just jump right on. But you'll be, like, halfway through the field before anyone would notice. You know, but like, I don't know. The NFL is difficult and they got them pretty quick. I was amazed how far they got. Um, yeah, they even had like a wall of security guards that were between them and the players on the sideline. I don't know if you saw that. So they probably they were they were ready uh, for that to happen. I love sure. how like um, when um, when Messi was was playing the MLS when he first came over, he had like a security guard who just follows him on the field. Just in case someone runs on the field, he just takes care of them. Like Messi's personal bodyguard is on the sidelines, which is wild. Um, when you're that famous, um, and I wonder, I don't, I don't, I mean, these NFL teams have top-notch security, but I wonder if like there's something similar that, um, you know, I wonder if they just have like whole. I mean, they must have whole security teams, but I wonder if like players have their own bodyguards too out there. I don't. I wonder how that works. But it's probably like outside the stadium, they have their bodyguards. Um, but inside they probably just have like the stadium security is good enough usually. You know, is you know the stadium's big enough that like fans revolted. Like you're not stopping them, right? That's what that's what I think about every sporting event. I'm just thinking if everybody got pissed off right now and decided to just like kill the refs, like there's nothing anybody could do. No, it just there is no way these guys would get torn apart immediately. It's like seriously, like honestly, like if you didn't like the opposing team and you got mad, the entire fan base could just storm. It's like in college football when like they storm the field, like when a team would beat Alabama, they'd storm the field, and like these these guys, these college kids would like hit the players and stuff. At times, you'd see these videos, and you're like, honestly, what is stopping people from? I mean, the security isn't, you know, I mean, you got security there, but they can't hold back an entire mob of people. It's yeah, just, was it like a Roman legion out here? They got to get riot shields all of a sudden. Um, I, w I read a book um about like the uh, Premier League and like its growth as a league, 
And they were saying how like back when the hooligan days, um, the soccer hooligan days and stuff in like the firms, like in the seventies and eighties, I guess like um, team, like um, chairman would come over and watch NFL games. And they were amazed at how like, but they they had crowd control. They had so much crowd control issues in like Europe with these soccer teams, and then here it was like, you know, it just wasn't for some reason. It wasn't that way, right? They could they could deal with it much easier. It wasn't a problem, and I guess when you go to a game, there's just a code of ethics, right? I mean, you know, you cheer on your team, but very seldomly do you, and very rarely, and hopefully, you never do. You take up violence against either an, another fan or something. You know, you might get the yeah. occasional ragging on, like when I went to Philadelphia. And um, I got a beer dumped on me. But, I mean, it's usually not, you know, usually doesn't escalate to violence. And when it does, it's sad. But it's just yeah. amazing how we can control, somehow security can control that many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone just wants to have a good time, too. I think that's that's really the the gist of it, the, the real core that comes down to. Everyone just wants to enjoy the game that they're watching, regardless of what team that they root for. I personally wouldn't go into Philadelphia if I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I mean, everyone has their own death wish. I uh, probably wouldn't go into New Orleans as an Atlanta Falcon fan. Just not something that I think is appealing to me uh, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, my first Cowboys game was in Philly. Um, I saw it was, um, I think it was it the Cowboys were like 10 and 6. They missed the playoffs that year. Um, they went into Philly. It was the year the Philly won the Super Bowl um, against New England. And yeah, I got tickets. We were like way up in the nosebleeds. The um, the Eagles had already clinched the playoffs. I think they were the one seed or the two seed or whatever they were that year. And uh, I went in there and it was like the game meant nothing, but it was my first game. So I was super excited. And just the onslaught of the Philly fans, just relentless oh, the yeah. whole the whole game, the whole game that they dumped a beer on me. Um, it's absolutely freezing. It was just kind of miserable. It was absolutely freezing. But like, um, like I was absolutely cold and I would refused, refused to wear an Eagles blanket because I was like, I'm freezing. So I got like a hot chocolate. I was like, I was dying. Like going through that game and the Cowboys won it. It just was a miserable, just the game was not fun, but um, yeah, they're relentless there. They're quite relentless. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just being an away fan, you know, I'm used to it. Like I said, you know, growing up in new England, just going to all these games constantly as an away fan, you know, you just build a, you know, you get thick skin and you know, you just build it and you're used to it. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, so, anyways, back to the like back, back to the Super Bowl. That um, let's get to the second half. Um, the muff punt. Um, that really, like the third quarter. Um, you know, that was Kansas City's quarter, right? Yep. You know, they they scored ten there. Um, that was that was really their quarter, honestly. Uh, that muff punt though, that gave them the lead. That and. Wow, it's just the mistakes. See, just the that was like the thing is like San Francisco, like they you force them to punt. If they get the ball there and they go down and, and drive and score, that could could have been the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kansas, they they literally let them back in the game at that point, and it, you can't even blame. Uh, I believe it was was it White Cloud? Um, you couldn't even blame him because it was it went off the other person's foot. So like right, he went to exactly. jump on it because he knew it was a live ball. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so it wasn't his fault, and it's just mistakes. And Kansas City has a great special team, one of the best in the league, and they pounce on it. They then they put the ball in the end zone. It's just, you know, that's what happens. And 
you can't let when you get a team with a quarterback like Mahomes, you can't let him hang around. That's pretty much the moral of the Super Bowl is if you can finish him off, you got to get it done. And when you get a chance, you got to capitalize. And, you know, fumbles, 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 you know, just they can't get it done. And let's give credit to that Kansas City defense, though. That secondary was lights out. They didn't let any any big plays. Yeah, Kittle was basically had no effect on the game whatsoever. He was locked down. Um, I know Brandon Ayuk got a few good catches. And I think the only reason that Debo got any yardage was because all his pa- all his uh, plays were like screens. Juwan Jennings was the only one that had ex- explosive plays because it was like, all right, well, we can't cover everybody, right? You know, if the 49ers won that game, Juwan Jennings is your Super Bowl MVP. That's what I was thinking. I was I was saying to uh, myself, you know, uh, how that goes. And, and I was thinking, man, whoever bet on having a wide receiver as a Super Bowl MVP if the 49ers won it would, uh, would make some money, that's for sure. Didn't work out that way. Didn't and nope. finish that way. But there was a time when you were seriously thinking it. And um, when Juwan Jennings threw that touchdown pass, I instantly thought back to when he did it against Georgia. And he won the game that time a few years back. I was like, oh, that just instantly brought my mind. I was like, yeah, he can throw. Um, he was kind of lethal. I mean, he played quarterback in high school. Um, but he had a game. Juwan Jennings showed up. Um, he kind of put him on the map, and now he's going to be kind of a name next year. Like people are going to kind of know who he is, which he was a big time recruit, big time player at Tennessee. Um, quite familiar with him uh, with Alabama, and I'm, like I said, he beat Georgia that time with the pass. So he, you know, great player. It was kind of his coming out party. Uh, he's young, um, but seriously, we had said pretty much on the last step on our Super Bowl preview, we said who needed to come through: McCaffrey, Ayuk. Um, Debo and uh, Kittle, and to be honest, none of them really did. And Debo got hurt and came back. Uh, McCaffrey did have a good game, though. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say he didn't, because McCaffrey, um, actually kind of didn't. Twenty-two carries for eighty yards actually wasn't as good as I thought it was. Watching him seemed way better. Um, yeah, he had a couple of good catches. I just think that he was kind of limited by Kyle Shanahan's play calling, right? It seemed like every kind of pass later was like trying to go deep to Debo or um, get into Ayuk, you know, on those like deep corner fades or on those outgoes, whatever, what have you. I mean, it just kind of seemed like they weren't going to McCaffrey's way, which is unfortunate because he was being productive in the first half and he probably would have continued that if they had started to just run the ball. Mm-hmm. I just don't. What is what is Kyle Shanahan's aversion to to running the ball when he has when you have the lead? It's it's terrible. It it's really bad. It. I mean, it's I I don't. I just to now have this done have this happen three times now. Yeah. Um, it's just it's stag it's just wild. I mean, I I don't know. It's just a bad look. I mean, Shanahan just did. You start to draw the questions, can he win the big one? And I'm sure eventually, I mean, that San Francisco team is loaded and San Francisco will be back. And I got a strong feeling we might get the Super Bowl next year or we might get Ravens 49ers. Like, we, this is, like, not going away. This this matchup is not happening. San Francisco, you know, you would think, 
you know, could have a revenge tour next year. Like they're a perfect team next year to have a complete revenge tour come back. You know, a lot of those players yeah, are still under contract. This about them though, where they, where you know they they go to the NFC Championship. They've been in the NFC Championship in the last like was it four out of the last five years? They've been in the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, and they've lost. Mm-hmm. Every year's a revenge tour for them. I just can't <laughs> can't win it. I... And, and everyone's getting older. And yeah. And we had said prior on the on the Super Bowl preview, what is San Francisco's window? Their San their window is as long as Purdy's on his rookie deal. So it looks like he's got two more. He's two more years on his rookie deal. So really, next year is a make it or break it year, because after next year you're gonna start paying. You have to look into paying him, and maybe the last year there's maybe a chance that you're paying him more depending on contract negotiations. So next year is that year for if they don't get it done next year, it's starting to look difficult, right? And. I don't know. I mean, everyone's getting older. That team's getting older. How much are they going to still trust Shanahan with this? This is the third Super Bowl loss now. You know, is he going to lose the locker room? I mean, because you look back at the Seattle Seahawks. They won one. They got back to another one. They were on the doorstep. About, they were going to win another championship. They were could have been a, became a dynasty. Pete Carroll calls the wrong play. They lose, yep. and the entire team blows up after that. You know, what's going to be the aftermath of this one? And, you know, let's talk about a couple. Let's go to, let's go to this fourth quarter now. And you got the uh, – San Francisco has a chance to close this game. If they pick up the first down, Kansas City's not getting the ball back. We put on the uh, X account, Kansas City will not get the ball back. That last drive. You get two minutes. San Francisco's job, job was to protect the ball – Get that first down. You would kill the clock. You get a field goal. You win the game. Game's over. You won. Right? That drive should have been a drive killer, like a, a time killer. Like Mahomes should have never touched the ball again. You had like third and four or something like that. You couldn't get it done. You had to kick the field goal. And I said to myself, I'm like, they didn't get this. They'll kick the field goal. Mahomes is going to come down and score. Yep. I'm like, you're giving him too much time. You're giving him like two minutes with the ball back. I mean, that was a whole, if they get that first down, at the end of the game, I mean, it's a whole different. They, they, you know, they get the first down, they kill the clock, they get the field. We're talking absolutely San Francisco's champions today. You know, I'm in a deep depression. It's just, you know, you're you're sitting there. I can't believe you know Shanahan finally won, and or, or, you know that's where we're at. But they don't get the first down. The Kansas City defense steps up, and we said that on our X account, like this is where defense becomes legendary. Like the defense has played well all game, but it, when it really matters at the end of the game. Can you make that final stop? The fourth quarter. That's when it mattered the most. Kansas City gets the stop. They get the field goal. Mahomes marches down the field. And if they didn't kind of mess up the clock a bit, Mahomes almost could have scored a touchdown there and won it. But, you know, they had to kick the field goal. There was kind of a mess in the the clock. And then we're going OT. We all know how that ended. (laughs) Here's a question, everyone. So every single Monday morning quarterback is all saying, and we had talked about this before we went on air, and we kind of hinted about it in the beginning of the podcast. When do you want the ball? Did Shanahan mess up? Should he have decided to defer and get and have your defense first? Yeah, I I think so. I think you want to give enough time for your offense to recoup and get their minds right. Because if you give up a touchdown, you can still go and score a touchdown, and then kind of get your defense together and and maybe make that last stop. But, you know, the 
the Bucks got to stop somewhere, right? It's either the offense has got to do its job or the defense has got to do its job. And then neither ended up finishing it. And then they both had to do their jobs one last time and in overtime and they couldn't. Um, I mean, the offense scored that field goal, right? And the defense was just had to stop them. Uh, because I think if you stop Kansas City, obviously you win the game, but if you just get, get them to give up a field goal, then I think San Francisco could win that game just by like getting the ball back and scoring again at, at that point. Um, but it just looked like at that point the 49ers defense was defeated morally, just like the Falcons defense was in overtime. And you know, uh, yeah. You know, I'd said to myself when when Mahomes got the ball back, they kicked that field goal. I go, wow. I said, I sit in there, I'm like, is Patrick Mahomes going to be like a Jordan-esque player? Is he going to be that clutch guy that leads him down the field? Is this, are we getting a Tom Brady moment or what are we getting here? And then he gets it. I'm like, you know, he's going to do this. Yeah, so, you know, I like, know he, immediately. I, as like, he, as I was like, goal. and then it was that fourth and one, and I was really nervous. Um, I was like, my heart's pounding. I'm like, oh my God, this might stop real quicker than I thought. And then he gets that run and I'm like, my goodness, this guy has ice in his veins. Mm -hmm. He is just out of this world. His talent, he's loaded with talent and just what a drive. I mean, what a statement for a career, which is a, a moment that we witnessed, right? We witnessed something special. He comes out there. It was a, Michael Jordan like moment, Tom Brady like moment, like these with these top tier athletes when they do this stuff. And I mean, there wasn't a, a person really in that stadium that wasn't like he, he he's gonna do like everyone was like, he's gonna do this. And yeah. a lot of people are thinking it to themselves, oh, he's gonna do this. And he did it. He marched right down the field. I mean, in the second half, I mean, Travis Kelsey was almost completely absent in the first half. And the second half, after he, you know, berated Andy Reid, um, he just comes alive in the second half. He had a, you know, he had some, yeah, some catches. I mean, and then to set up the Miko Hartman touchdown is just as the final seconds of the first period of the, you know, overtime, you know, break away. Like as you got that, I mean, just what a statement. I don't even think Miko Hartman, I don't even think realized that he had just won the game because I don't even know if they knew the rules themselves of the playoff, of the, yeah. the, the overtime. But like, I don't think he realized that he won the game that that was over because like they weren't really celebrating at first, and then they realized, oh my god, it's over, and just because like I, I knew they scored, I'm like, oh my god, it's all it's done, it's it's over, they're they're champs, and just wow, what a moment! And I think all of San Francisco just you know died a little bit, you know. I think slowly Again. one piece of that city just fell into the ocean, and just they died a moment in that. In no, that that was uh, that was global warming. <laughs> 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 Could be pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Sea rebels rising up, but it was global warming that, you know, and the earth warmed just a little bit more just with that, with that win for um the chiefs. And I mean, this super bowl, if you want to compare to the Patriots Falcons over time, this, the super bowl had a lot of comparisons to it. Um, you know, this was, you know, very overtime ass game, you know, Mahomes comes from behind. It wasn't as dramatic as the Falcons one, right? It's for always, you know, always it's going to be that crazy Tom Brady comeback. What he did was unbelievable, you know, but I, I put this more closer to the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl, where it was just kind of like back and forth for a while. until someone just kind of gave. Yeah, it was like that. It was, 
I would say ranking this Super Bowl compared to other ones, I think this is one of the better ones we got. Um, yeah. I would say this might be one of the top five in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. This was a good one. Overall, yeah. I think in the entire atmosphere from the halftime show to everything, the, the, the overtime period, I think it was great. Um, it was awesome. And I, I think, you know, it was going to go down in a lot of people's memories, one of the better ones. And I think this was probably the most exciting of all the Chiefs Super Bowls. I mean, I think the comeback in Miami, though, is pretty good. The first San Francisco one. But I think this one was was a better game. I think overall, I think this game was probably the best of the Mahomes era. Yeah, I agree. I Because I, I didn't like how the Kansas City and Philadelphia game ended. I, I really thought that the refs kind of gave Kansas City that game there. Then, obviously, the uh, the other 49ers, uh, Kansas City game, Kansas City kind of ran away with it at the end. So, yeah, this is definitely the more exciting one. I just um, looking forward to a, a new NFL season. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the end there. Um, quite a few months to go without any football. Now, what were your thoughts on the Travis Kelsey, um, Andy Reid moment there? So it, it's interesting to me because there's there's a lot of like storylines going around about how he's disrespectful or or um, there's also something I heard how you know that's just their dynamic blah blah blah. I just think you know when when emotions run high, things can happen. Um, Kelsey seems like an okay dude. You never really know someone like like a celebrity like a athlete or whatever. So I can't speak for like his character or anything, but you know, in interviews and everything like that, he seems okay to me. Um, I think he just got got way too hot headed right there, and I think Andy Reid was not even seeing him. I think Andy Reid was kind of thinking about what hamburger he was going to have after the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I mean when the it, in and out was going to close. It, it didn't even seem like Andy Reid really like, like even was acknowledging. He's like, it seems like Travis is just flipping out. And Andy Reid doesn't even like. I wasn't even seem like he was comprehending it. And then he said in like the post game interview, he's like he tripped. He like he like lost his footing, and he wasn't even really paying attention or listening to it. And oh, then yeah. like he didn't even seem to care. Um, yeah. No, I heard a lot today of, you know, this is what young little kids are seeing, and they're thinking this is you know this is like Travis Kelsey is a role model. And this is what they think is behavior for children, and children are gonna think, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but and I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I think that's too hard on athletes. Yeah. To, it's, it's just, it's not right. You know, I mean, just to put on an, I mean, these athletes are humans too. You know, everyone makes mistakes. You have a heat of passion. This is the end of your season. This is the Super Bowl. This is a pinnacle of your career. People are gonna have passion. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's you not know, like it's not like Travis Kelsey is running around like Draymond Green and being an asshole on the court. You know? No, I, I think he got heated. He was angry. This game meant a lot to him. And I just think he kind of blew a gasket. And I think it's only natural it's going to happen. I mean, you know, sometimes this happens and it's not even caught on camera, right? Yeah. It just so happens they had moved the camera. They caught it on camera. I'm sure there's moments like this that happen in a game all the time that players are upset. You see them hit their helmets and stuff like that. Mm. It happens. You know, um, 
You know, it it was up there with like you look back at like Zay Flowers two weeks ago, right? He he throws his helmet, he cuts his hand. Stupid, not the brightest thing to do. But like I said, all these guys are human. Yeah, and you got the passion. So, you know, um, now what was going through your mind? Like, so at the end of the day, we're fans too, right? And you know, we got this podcast. We made the whole thing as we've gone into what is a fan, what we talk about different passions of it. What was going through your mind throughout the Super Bowl? Were you, were you, were you enjoying it? Were you into it? Were you upset? Like what, what were your beliefs as like a fan? I, I'm glad that the refs let them play, even though it kind of seemed like a lot of the lines were holding. Um, and I was just, honestly, I, I, I truly was bored in the first half. Like the Super Bowl started being a good game, like at the halftime show, basically. Like I, I was laughing about like the funny mute, and then like Usher was like, "Say it, yeah," and then like went back to the crowd, and the crowd didn't say anything. I, th- that, I thought that was that was a pretty funny thing, and it got me laughing. Um, and I started getting more entertained by it um, <laughs> because, it, honestly, if my team's not in the Super Bowl then it's really just like a very neutral thing to me and just kind of enjoy the last Sunday of football uh, until, you know, next season. And it's yeah. kind of like just like a football celebration. Like we're celebrating the sport more than anything. Um, so that's, I was, I was pretty happy with it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bored of seeing Kansas city. I, if, if my team's not going to be in it, I want to see other teams um, and, and see other, you know, players and stuff like that. So I'm hopefully, God willing, Atlanta will make it back in my lifetime. I honestly don't know if they will, but, you know, one of these days, right? Just like Dallas. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if Dallas makes it there. Um, <laughs> uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, we'll see as long as Jerry Jones is around and kicking, and we'll see. Um, coming from my perspective as a fan, um. You know, as a you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm not particularly fond of San Francisco. Um, they've gotten the better of us in most of the matchups recently. There's a long-standing rivalry that dates back pretty much to the '80s. Um, even though I didn't see most of that, I'm still well aware of it. And I know that the San Francisco is a sleeping giant. Um, I know if they were to win one, you know, we're waking. You know, we're going to awaken. You know, possibly a demon. Um, so I I did not want to see San Francisco win this game in any 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 way, shape, or form. I don't want them to go back to what they were. I kind of, we have enough, the Cowboys have enough problems trying to beat them now and they've choking, they're choked in Super Bowls, right? I don't need them to be a Super Bowl champion and then continue to lose to them. They're already our boogeyman. I don't need it to be worse. Um, So I I was definitely going Kansas City hard because of that. Um, Now what I did do is a lot of times, sometimes they get get interested. I put a very large wager on the Kansas City Chiefs. I did money line straight up. I did a very large wager I um I put uh like I put a lot of money down. It was for me it was a lot. Um mm-hmm. the biggest bet I've ever placed. I mean, back when the sports books opened in Massachusetts, you had like easy bets that weren't your own money. So it was like, oh, here's a two hundred dollar bet or whatever, whatever you want to put it on, you know, it's but it's not your own money, so it doesn't if you lose it, you lose it. Oh well, it was a risk, right? Um you weren't getting it back anyway, but like for my, for my own, you know, this is the biggest, what I've ever done without, you know, a gimmick. Um, you know, I put a lot of money down. I put it on money line for the chiefs and I was invested this whole game. 
I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was quite, you know, I was going through the emotions. Like I was trying to keep myself in check to kind of post on X. You know, the goal yeah. was to, like, I wanted to be like completely neutral on the X, but then it was like, I'm sitting there as a fan of my, like, I need Kansas City to win this game. Like I, I put a lot of money here <laughs> for me. It was a lot uh, for other people. Not so much. You know, I mean, there's people that game away more than I do. Um, you know, I'm drowning in student loans. So, you know, <laughs> for me, it was a lot. And, um, you know, it was just the, the emotions, the ebbs and flows. It kind of felt like as if I was a fan, um, for a bit, you know, it feels a little different when it's money and not actually a fandom, but, but yeah, it was amazing to, to then have them win it. Mahomes did. It. I was pumped. I, uh, I ran around my house. I was absolutely pumped. I woke up my wife. I woke up the dogs. That was nice. Um, but it was great. I was absolutely pumped to see the money in my account after. It was great. Um, it was wonderful. It was, you know, I mean, it was enough to get you hooked, maybe make me a Chiefs fan in the future. Well, who knows? We'll see how long that lasts. Um, I'm really debating. I mean, I've won quite a bit of money. I'm debating if I go get the, uh, like, I um a chiefs um like super bowl hat or something to put up to remember this game by just because like the the emotions you go through as as you know when you you gamble that amount of money you're just the ebbs and flows like the the highs and lows it's like oh my god kansas city took a lead do i cash out now oh you're not gonna make that money you know just you know it just feels like again it's like a process (laughs) and i'm like do i want to remember this and no i never want to bet this kind of money again and not you know it's just you know it's fun um so that was fun, I would say. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, as for me, I'm not sick of Kansas City. No, so, of course you're not. No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm really not. I, I think um, I, I enjoy them. I really do. I, I think I like Mahomes. It's a, I know it's a hot take. A lot of people don't like him. I don't think the circus around him doesn't bother me at all. I mean, um, I could care less what his wife says on TikTok. I don't care what his brother's doing. I don't care. I'm not really on TikTok to begin with, so... I don't care. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, your wife's your biggest supporter. So if she wants to do that, yeah. cool, whatever. Um, you know, so, I mean, that doesn't bother me. I really like Travis Kelsey. I loved his Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, at the trophy ceremony, I know Taylor Swift got the ick. Um, a little <laughs> bit. You can kind of tell as soon as she got the ick. And then it's like, you got to fight. For your right to party. I love that too. Um, you could tell she totally was not into it, but I loved it. Um, just like the way he was, I was like, I love this guy. Um, now honestly, they're one of my the most likable teams I've I've watched. I just think they're awesome. Um, I mean, not and that's the funny thing, is like I'm like one of those few people though. I think I'm like in this small 10% of minority that actually thinks they're super likable. Um, I love I Andy Reid too. I don't hate them by any means. Um, unless the the Falcons go and play them in the Super Bowl and, and then they don't win. But, yeah, that's that's a whole different. <laughs> that's a whole different. I mean, suddenly when it's yeah, it's even it's your team. It's a whole whole yeah. different thing. Um, now I wrote this up, which um I thought was quite funny. I, I was do, doing some math here, right? And as, as um as what with with the with the Chiefs here and how much they have been. The Dallas Cowboys bodyguard. Ready? In 2019, they beat the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. 49ers, Dallas Cowboy rival. In 2020, they beat the Bills. I, I just personally can't stand the Bills. That's why I'm referencing it. Um, in 2021, they beat the Steelers and the Bills. Once again, I hate the Bills, but the yep. um, 
the Steelers, another Cowboys rival. Um, they beat them, knocked them out. In 2022, they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Probably the Cowboys' biggest rival. This year, uh, they beat the Bills again. Once again, I hate them. And they beat the 49ers again. Um, so to date, they have stopped the 49ers twice and the Eagles once from winning a Super Bowl. And they knocked out the Steelers, another rival. It's safe to say that Mahomes and the Chiefs are pretty much uh, the Cowboys protector. They have literally helped. They have done the Cowboys job for them. They have made sure that three of their biggest rivals have not had playoff success. It's great. I mean, they've knocked them out. I mean, obviously, you don't want your rival to make it to the Super Bowl. You don't want them in the playoffs. But it's fantastic they've knocked them out. It's great. It, it, it's fantastic. Every single time I need my rival out or something, you can just call him Mahomes. He's going to get it done. They're going to lose. They're all done. It's great. And I don't have to worry about my chief rival winning a Super Bowl. It's wonderful. Mahomes, keep it up. Keep it up. As long as it's not against the Cowboys, keep it up. I love it. You know, call you Mr. Texas. I love you. I think you're probably really loved in in Dallas just for doing just for beating rivals, honestly. Uh, and you know who really is on the Chiefs right now? I mean, it's not the I'm not the only one showing the Chiefs some love. Post Malone was at that after party. He took off the Cowboys jacket at the request of uh at the request of Mahomes' wife there and put on the Chiefs jacket. And he was seen in a Chiefs jacket. I'm just telling you, that's representing all of Dallas, I think, right now. I think most of them are very happy that San Francisco and the Eagles have not won Super Bowls. So personally, thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I'm gonna you really wait. consider I'm gonna really Next consider year, becoming this time. Dallas Cowboys are going to make the Super Bowl and lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you'll hate them, and then you'll say, "I wish they were never there." <laughs> but right now, I love I love them. Right now, yeah. I'm very happy. Thank you, thank you. And um, you know, it's just you know though, I, no, the Cowboys won't even make it. You want to know something about the Cowboys, right? My um, my wife's aunt, uh, she's a big sports fan. She sent me a sympathy card. When the Cowboys get eliminated from the playoffs. That, that's what I'm dealing with with the Cowboys, right? It's embarrassing. Their losses are absolutely embarrassing. I don't have to worry about the Chiefs knocking me out. It's not a worry. They can't make it there. They cannot make it there. And if they do make it there, I'm going to be so happy they made it there that I'm not even going to care if we lose that bad. As long as we don't get blown out, you know, it's going to be like one of those mm-hmm. games. It's going to be like... We stream, it's gonna be like with like with like probably TCU fans felt when they made the national championship last year. Hey, at least they made it. Huh. No one expected them to be there. I'll just be happy, so happy we made it that you know I probably wouldn't even hate them. I probably would not even hate them. Um. So, but as of right now, I'm really loving it, and um, you know, boy, I'm thinking to myself, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, I could get down with this team. You know, if suddenly the Cowboys were to just disappear. You know, I would could seriously get down with the Chiefs. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said on one of the episodes is the McDonald's colors, man. They just make them so lovable. You know, just think of yeah. McDonald's as a kid. You just think of those happy meals, you know, the toy, you know, get some really, you know, fun. You know, when they, had, they used to have the cars and stuff, the movies. Oh, yeah. Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm loving the Chiefs right now. Absolutely loving it. Um, so I'm I'm really questioning, like, should I have returned that Mahomes jersey? You know, I, I really question that. Um, you know, I did I think if you kept if you held on to it, they would have lost. Probably. Probably. Most likely. Um, you know, they probably would have, but you know, I really I really question that decision. I think that was probably a bad decision. 
you know, because they, the Chiefs have done, you know, so much nice, so they've done like very nice things, you know, for me, you know, they've really, they've been there, you know, when the Cowboys haven't been, they've been there. So thank you, Kansas City. Thank you, Chiefs. Um, you got a special place in my heart for, for beating our rivals. Um, so that's kind of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, you had, um, um, you had uh, ESPN give In and Out Burgers to Andy Reid during his uh, interview. Um, Chris Berman, uh, he gave him In and Out Burgers. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, you got the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift kiss. Um, you got the Pat Post Malone party with the jacket. Um, I mean, I can't wait for the parade honestly because that's when you get some really good videos because these guys are usually hammered, right? Oh, um, right. so yeah. So congratulations. That's kind of anything. You got anything else on the Super Bowl? No. Nope. Just looking towards next year. Run to next year. <laughs> so what's your early Super Bowl prediction for next year? Uh Falcons Cowboys NFC Championship. Falcons win. I rub it in your face. Falcons mm-hmm. go on to win the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my early prediction. That's your dream? Totally based on reality. Totally, totally. I mean, as as fans usually delusional. So uh totally uh in reality. Honestly, and... I'm not a I'm not a fan if I don't guess them. So, so. <laughs> um you know, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um I think realistically, I think you're looking at um you're either gonna get a repeat of San Francisco um, at Kansas City, or you're gonna get, or the Ravens figure it out, and you're gonna get San Francisco, Baltimore. I think it's gonna be one of the two. Um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Green Bay going. Don't say that. Don't say that. We don't need the cheese. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, you better believe. Like, if it was Kansas City versus like Green Bay, like last year when it was Kansas City versus Philly, man, I was all out. On Kansas oh, City bet. last year, I was I was so out on Kansas City last year. I I, I'm like, I can't have Philly win a Super Bowl. I just can't. Do, I can't see it. And it's the same thing with Green Bay, man. It's like, like I think back to like really crummy Super Bowls, and I think like the the um, Pittsburgh Green Bay that was a tough one for me. Two Cowboys rivals. I'm like, this is a lose lose situation. Mm-hmm. And then you think back to like the the Patriots Eagles. That was another really bad one for me. That's a lose lose. You got teams there that I really dislike. That's a no no no. No, no, we don't need that. We do not need that. No Green Bay, no Philly. Um, but if they're playing Kansas City, I got hope. There's hope there. And, um, you know. <laughs> but um, so uh, that's the Super Bowl. That's a wrap. That's football season. Um, wow. It's uh, so depressing. Like Super Bowl Monday is exciting and depressing at the same time because it's like the pinnacle. You've had it. Like you said, celebration of football. And now, um, you know, hey, we got the um, XFL and USFL merger. So we got some spring football that no one's going to watch. No one will watch that. So you're going to turn on ESPN at three o'clock on a Tuesday and you're going to wonder what the hell's on. On the 4th of July, like it'll be like Memorial Day weekend. They're playing a game like who's really going to watch that. But cool. Um, We won't be covering it on this podcast. But if you want, you know, to cover that, there's um, I'm sure there's ways um to watch that <laughs> um so anyway but yeah so that's anyway moving on um keeping it in the desert 
it's it's officially we're on to hockey season um, and basketball and soccer and all those. And some big news dropped last week that I really wanted to touch on. Um, there has been a rumor that the Arizona Coyotes may be in possibly relocation talks. There's a possibility they actually might be relocating this time. Um, I know this is like the hundredth time they've been mentioned in relocation. People have talked about them relocating. Um, but once again, it has, um, it has appeared. Everyone has said that the news will drop sometime this week of where they're going to go. A lot of people are saying Salt Lake City. It seems like the uh, Utah Jazz owner wants them. I guess their stadium is available. Um, wow, that could be interesting. It looks like it's, uh, uh their arena held 14,000. I, I, I guess they're really into it. Um, I think they're getting the Olympics or something coming up, so they might get a new arena too. But Salt Lake City is a big-time possibility. Also, like Houston was talked about for a while too at the Toyota Center, um, and I've heard other locations. What do you think about this? I I think Utah is a good spot for having a hockey team because there's a bunch of sports out there, right? I feel like you're when you're thinking about like skiing, it's Colorado or Utah um over there and it it just translate translates nicely to uh, hockey fans uh, i think that utah has been kind of needing a hockey team too since they have that basketball team already um so that's i think that's a that's just a natural next step i said that portland might be a good spot but now they've got the cracking up in seattle so i don't think you're going to get as many fans for that as um, you would want. I think the Trailblazers are kind of in a unique position for basketball because Seattle doesn't really have a team anymore, so they probably got a lot of uh, fans that are coming over from them. What used to be the Supersonics. Um, well, yeah, good, good. Uh, beer's probably going to be really low in alcohol content. It's going to be mainly soda bars uh, there, so if you are a Hockey fan from Boston, you're going to Utah in the future. Uh, don't expect anything heavy. Yeah, sure. probably not. Um, I think Salt Lake City, though, could really work for the NHL. I think it's a cold weather. So, like It gets cold enough that you can build the game there. I think you have um, a more affluent community that I think you can get. You know, you could probably really build. I mean, hockey's an expensive sport to play, right? So, um, you know, you need, you know, so... You know, Salt Lake City seems to have that. I think it could be a great place to build the game. Um, so, yeah, I think strong possible. I think that'd be a great city. I think they're going to be hosting the Winter Olympics coming up. I'm not sure when that is, but I think or they're, they're trying to get a bid to get the Olympics. I forgot what it was going on with that. Um, so I think that would be great. I think, honestly, Salt Lake City would be a great city for hockey. Um, another city that um, I think makes a lot of sense you're going to laugh because you know I'm I'm you know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Um I guess I'm really drinking the Kool-Aid. Is I think Kansas City would be a great spot for a team. Oh, um Lord. they got a T-Mobile Center that's sitting completely vacant. They built the team because originally there was talks about maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins or the um, New York Islanders moving there. They built the stadium, no one's come to fill it. Sits it sits empty. I think it just has um concerts, I think maybe the occasional rodeo. It just other than that, it's empty. Empty. It has seventeen thousand five hundred forty-four seats. Um, I think it's a perfect option. Um, they're already playing in that division where 
they'd be going they they're in the same division as the Blues, in-state rival. Perfect. You build the rivalry with the Blues. Um I know that the Blues have a lot of Missouri already, but you can slowly start taking that. Um, Kansas City is another place that gets colder. You can build the game where it gets cold. You know, um, you get a rabid fan base for the Chiefs. You know, you get a great fan base for the Royals. I think it'd be a solid spot um, for hockey. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's too far down on the list. I think you need another expansion for them to get one. It's also smaller. But I think it, I think it could really work. I think hockey can work there. They tried originally. They had the Kansas City scouts who eventually – after another relocation to Denver, and then they became New Jersey. They became the New Jersey Devils. Um, they went from Kansas City to Colorado. They became the Rockies for a bit, the hockey version of the Rockies, not the baseball team, and then they became the New Jersey Devils. Um, so Kansas City has a little history there. Could form a good rivalry. I think it could be great. I also agree Salt Lake City is great. You could be a rival with Denver, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Fantastic there. I think those are options. Like you said, um, both have the stadiums ready. Both are ready to go. Um, I think the time in Arizona has come to an end. I think we've gone down this experience. It yeah. hasn't worked. Um, it was a mistake to leave Winnipeg in the first place. I get that the Canadian dollar was down. The win- the original Winnipeg Jets should have never left. I think it was dumb to go down there in the first place. I, it has not worked. Maybe Atlanta would still be around. The Thrashers. Probably. I mean, Atlanta's another option to land a team. And I think with TBS having a TV deal, you know... There's been a lot of talk and it could work. You know, I mean, maybe Atlanta could, you know, maybe third time's a charm. Um, but there's people saying Atlanta as well. I think the big front runners, if they were to get one, it would be Salt Lake City, Houston. Um, Sacramento is getting a lot of vibes because they their basketball stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Um, Oklahoma City, I've heard that one. I don't think that's the best one. And obviously is the pipe dream that every single, you know, diehard hockey fan would love would be Quebec City. And they got... Uh, the Videotron Center, it fits 18,259. It is a beautiful arena. Um, it'd be perfect. It's brand new. They literally built the whole thing. They financed it. You got a junior team playing there now. That is another spot that could be perfect. You already got the fan base. Quebec loves their hockey. Could be great. And, back uh, to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta yearns for the hockey. It yearns for the ice. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it seriously. So those are the the options. We'll see if we get any news. I mean, realistically, I think what's going to happen is they're going to break. Congratulations, we found a land deal in Arizona. We're going to have a vote in September, and then September comes around. They play another year at the Mullet College Arena, and uh, the vote goes fails again. And then they're like, "Oh, well, we'll just extend this another five years." Oh, okay, and then. And then they just keep pushing the, you know, kicking the can down the road. It seems to be what the NHL does. They just don't want to yeah. give up Arizona. And I think it will take Bettman retiring for that team to finally relocate. Because I don't think Gary Bettman's ever going to acknowledge that he was made a mistake with Phoenix. I just don't think he's going to do it. So, I don't know. It's interesting with them. Once again, they're always in the news. Always relocation rumors. Always. And never ceases to amaze me how much we got there. Um, in other hockey news, um, today we got the final going for the, um, men's beanpot championship. Um, the beanpot is a big, uh, college hockey championship in Boston. It's held every year. It's between Boston university, the Terriers, Boston college Eagles, um, Northeastern Huskies and the Harvard Crimson. Um, it's a, it's a, um, teams are seated. They play each other first round every year. And then the winner goes on to a championship game. Today's the championship game. It's, uh, Boston University versus Northeastern. 
Uh, it's tied 3-3 in the third period. Um, for the Boston area, this is a huge um, this is a huge college hockey event. This is kind of big for the city. Um, tickets were going for, if you wanted the last row nosebleeds, they're going for a buck 50, which is a lot for college hockey. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so that's a lot. I was like, I wanted to go. And I'm like, I really don't want to spend 150. Um, so, you know, if you grew up in Massachusetts or you grew up in New England, a lot of times, um, if you played hockey, um, you grew up watching this tournament, um, you usually pick a team in this tournament to root for. It's kind of a big thing here. Um, so B, uh, B, you look trying to win another one. They're one of the most successful teams in this tournament. Um, BU's like dominant in hockey. They have been. They haven't won since 09, a national title. But the yeah, college hockey, BU, the big program. Won, won it last year, right? What'd you say? North. They're playing Northeastern, and they won it last year, right? Ah, uh, the Beanpot? Yeah. 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 Um, They won it last year. Um, And, and Northeastern actually historically was not a great school. Uh, well, not like they're great academically, but like in hockey, they're kind of always got kind of their teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. They didn't win it that often. And then their program got way better recently. Um, so they've had a couple runs as of recently. They never were that good though. Usually it was like BC and BU fighting for it every year, but you know, teams change, get new recruiting classes, everything can get yeah. better. Um, for those of you who don't know, like with college hockey, BU is kind of like a, like a blue blood, I would say. BU and Minnesota are the two blue bloods in college hockey, I'd say. BC's a good one, too. Wisconsin's up there. Um, but if you look at the 1980s Olympic team, the Miracle on Ice, a lot of players are either at BU or Minnesota. You say that's actually a big rivalry, Boston University versus Minnesota. Massachusetts versus Minnesota alone in, in, high school, in hockey. They produce the most NHL players for the U.S., both states. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to those schools. Um, good luck. Uh, go BU. Um but that's a big portion of our podcast there. That's kind of what we wanted to cover. Um, some smaller little tidbits here. Um, West Ham United, uh, my beloved Hammers, got absolutely slammed against Arsenal over the weekend. They lost 6 to nothing. Um, very devastated there. Um, not the year I was hoping for. Not the year I was hoping for. They're sitting at 8th in the table in the Premier League. Um, so that's been tough. Well, that's a little update yeah. there. Um uh, so we keep saying, and we've been saying over and over, like, um, as we go forth with this podcast, there's different things we want to do now that football season is over. Right, Nick? Oh, yeah. We got plenty planned. So it's like we want to expand. We want to get the the X account going and just talk about different things. Um, our episodes are probably going to be a little shorter um, going forward because it's kind of less to talk about. Um, so probably a lot of hockey, I'm guessing. A lot of basketball will be talked about. Um, all the different storylines there. Um, like I said, with soccer. So kind of stay tuned. We'll get we'll get all that coming. Um, as for the X account, we got the Coach Cannoli series. Um, so as I said, Coach Cannoli is starting at Ohio University, the Ohio Bobcats. Um, so that's gonna be dropping. I'm not sure how I'm gonna do the drops yet. Um, I'm gonna release the scores of each game. So I already released the schedule. And what's going to happen is he'll play through the first season and then I'll have him enter the coach care. So if you ever played the game before, um, what happens is you usually sign a contract. So you pick your positions. I did offensive coordinator. You sign a contract for so many years. I think the first contract is always two years. Um, and then, but after the first year, you can opt out, you can enter the coach carousel and you can see if you get another job and I'll go from there to try to keep moving up. 
So if you follow us on X, you, you will see follow us at X at SO Hostility. You'll see our schedule, uh, this, the game schedule, and I will be releasing probably one game a day. I don't think I'll do more than one game in a day of release. Um, and we'll play through the year. We'll see how far Coach Canoli gets. Um, so we got that going on the X. Also, um, going forward as our next episode is going to be in two weeks. So our next episode is going to drop on the 26th. So we are taking a two-week break. Uh, football season's over. We need Both of us need to take a break, step back from sports for a bit. But we're going to come back on the 26th, and we're coming back with a very interesting topic for a show. Right, Nick? Oh, yeah. We're going to – well, I think you better explain it. You want me to explain it? So um, we're going to – we're going to create, we talked a lot about cities. Even in this episode, you talked, we've talked about Vegas. Um, we've talked about Baltimore. We've talked about Detroit. We've talked, we made fun of Ohio. We had that whole episode, Ohio versus Michigan. Um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to create our own cities. So on the 25th of February, we're going to drop um, our flags and city names. Um, how that's going to work is we're going to actually combine two different cities so we're each going to pick um, – it's obviously uh, Nick will have Atlanta automatically. I'll have Dallas automatically. Um, that's 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 our cities. That's our teams. So those automatically land in. Um, then after that, we'll, we'll each pick another city. Um, those cities have to have um, at least two major sports. So, you know, like I had mentioned Baltimore. Nick had mentioned Detroit. As long as they have two major sports, that's enough. And then if they're missing, you know, say like, uh, for example, Baltimore is missing an NHL team. You can fill them in with another team if you want. Um, or they're missing a basketball team. You can just fill them in because they don't have one. So, but you can only fill up to two. So essentially you get the two cities, they combine, they have to have at least two teams. So it's not like, Hey, I'm going with Utah. They only have basketball and I'm going to pick three others. That's not how it works. So you get two, um, at least two professional sports. And then, um, we'll also pick two different schools, um, and then it's going to be a point system. So we'll do the whole episode where we talk about our cities, we name it, um, we'll give a history background, we'll name a fictional mayor um, who will be the mayor of the town, we'll do a whole fictional thing. And as we go through with the podcast, um, we'll talk about the different cities, we'll talk about the different states, Um We'll give some news on it. We'll have like what's going on in Atlanta today or whatever. We'll have like kind of a little um, blurb there. And we're also going to take a point system. We haven't come up with how we're going to score it. We'll likely score it by playoff wins or like championships. Um, we're also going to have like with actual real cities, they have sister cities. So we might pick a city or two or in Europe and uh, do points that way. Maybe if they host an Olympics, we'll couple get a point there and maybe we'll pick a, an actual sport team from a, a sports team from abroad. Um, so we'll get some of that action in here too. So we'll have fun with that. Um, so stay tuned. Like I said, follow us on X at SO Hostility. Um, the next episode is create your own city. So that'll be our next one. And um, also, we're always going to be here following everything sports. We're going to break everything down from hockey, basketball, soccer, uh, and baseball as we get down to baseball. So thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us. Any closing remarks, Nick? I love every single one of you. <laughs> uh, thank you we all we all love our listeners uh shout out to the guy in brussels that has listened to every single episode of this uh, i'm not sure who you are if you want to reach out to us on twitter slash x reach out to us we'd love to hear from you you've listened to every episode um 
would love to know why a guy in Belgium is listening to this, but shoot us, um, reach out to us, shout out to you. I'm um, sure to all our listeners and thank you for listening. And um, if, you know, if it wasn't for you guys listening, we wouldn't be coming back every week. So yeah, we love especially this. you, Larry. Larry from Lincoln. That is our all time listener. We love you. Don't you worry, Larry. I, I promise you the Nebraska Cornhuskers will be involved in my city. I promise you. Okay. I made that promise to you. I pledged to myself once they won the fan vote. So Nebraska will be involved in my city. I'm not sure how I'm going to incorporate them. Maybe they're one of the schools, something I will do out. So shout out Larry from Lincoln. We love you, buddy. Um, we love it. So thank you for listening. Have a great night. Have a great couple weeks. Um, enjoy this, you know, post football life, you know, and just, you know, maybe on Saturdays, you know, you know, maybe I'll, you know, I'm just trying to think what you do on Saturdays and Sundays now. Right. You know, I guess, I guess your, your fiance is going to be happy. My wife's going to be happy. They have us back now. They have us back for a bit. Um, we come back to normal reality of no football. So have a good one, everyone. Good night. And see you next, see you in two weeks.